Welcome to the behind the scenes episode of my interview with my good friend, attorney Chantal Joseph on the Lawyers Hip Hop Happy Hour. I'm your host, Alfred Guillaume, and I would love to talk to you guys about some of the things we talked about in our interview, particularly the music. Now, I'll say that I was shocked, shocked, shocked. I've known Chantal for almost 20 years, a good 15 years, and I never knew in all this time that she loved Mystical so much. I knew she loved Biggie. I was prepared to talk about Biggie. I had the album out on the table already, but she threw me for a loop. As you heard me say in the interview, I was in New Orleans at the time that his first album dropped. The first album, The Mind of Mystical, was around 1995, 96. I was a freshman in college. I remember Mystical being a big deal. He was the first dude in New Orleans to really get big outside of just the local New Orleans music scene. And when I think about Mystical, I think three songs. The first song, of course, is his signature song, which is Here I Go. Now, after hearing that, you can't help but feel a certain nostalgia but you know actually hearing that makes me think about coach prime Deion sanders who's now in the news a lot and that's his theme song it comes from that first album but a lot of people that may not know that song definitely know this next song his next song was with pharrell of the neptunes who produced the song i think it was his probably most commercially successful song now, it has a clean version and, of course, a dirty version. I'm going to give you the clean version name. The clean version name is Shake It Fast. And this song, it's a really good song, and the beat is amazing. I think Pharrell the Neptunes, I need to do a whole show based on them. The production value is amazing, and it's when he was, obviously, at this point, a known commodity. Shake it fast. Watch yourself. Shake it fast. Show me what you're working with. Shake it fast. Now, the last song I think about when I think about Mystical comes from the first album. This song may not be as uh, known as some of the other two songs that I mentioned, but for me, it brings me back to a time when I was in school, in college, that first year of college, my first year at Xavier University, when people were just bumping this song from New Orleans mostly, but it was just everywhere. It might have been more popular at the time than Here I Go, as I recall. And that song is called Y'all Ain't Ready. Now take a listen and let me know if you know this song. She can't nobody fly from swamping by you like I do. I know y'all niggas ain't fucking me and they can't, but they try to. Some niggas just need to be warned. Be gonna be home the hip hop quiz that I gave her. Uh, well, who she liked, who she didn't like, uh, who she preferred rather, not so much didn't like, was probably my favorite part of the of the time with her. And I want to kind of get a little bit more in depth about that, particularly about the, and I'm starting off right at the top. Let's, let's go. The, the Beyonce versus Janet versus Madonna. Madonna kind of threw Madonna in there because people, people forget how big Madonna was. But the Beyonce-Janet debate is something that I really want to weigh in on. So Chantal says that she's a Beyonce person. 
I can understand it and respect it. And Beyonce is amazing, but people, we have like recency bias. We gotta remember, Janet was the first one and was doing it at a high level for over a decade, longer than that, because there's the albums that after '04 sold millions of records as well. But she started to slow down, and other artists such as Beyonce. Uh, and, and other folks start to come up in the ranks and Janet's reign start to slow down a little bit. With the Beyonce versus Janet Jackson debate, there really is no wrong answer. I know why people say Beyonce. I, I get it 100%. She's great. I like Janet, and it's really a matter of personal choice. They're both great. You can love them both. But I want to give you a flavor of some of the Janet Jackson songs that I think are the best, and they're some of my personal favorites. I want to start first with the Control album, 1986. I was about 10 years old. The song, Let's Wait a While. Remember that song? Classic 80s ballad. Slow, smooth, soulful, but it has a it's like a real 80s sound. It doesn't sound too dated, but it, you definitely know the era that it's coming from. It takes me back to my childhood, and I really just love this song. Take a listen. There's something I want to tell you There's something I think that you should know It's not that I shouldn't really love you Let's take it slow Now, the next song that I like from Janet is from my college days. It's right dead smack in that neo-soul era, and it's got a great, crazy vibe. It's super laid back. When I used to DJ, I would play this song along with like D'Angelo, Erica Badu, part of that set. It's a great Joni Mitchell sample. If you haven't guessed it, it comes from the Velvet Rope album, which came out in 97 when I was in my late teens early 20s so this was uh this was a cool cool memory and it's got it till it's gone with q-tip next song is from my law school days and it actually is not one of her more popular songs I don't think uh, I don't know anybody else besides me that really kind of loves this song it's from the Demita Joe album that came out in 2004 I was in law school at the time and the song from the album is with Kanye and it's called My Baby many people don't know this song it's got it's a very up-tempo song and um, I really, for whatever reason, I just this song really stuck with me from that album. Take a listen. Janet Jackson. We back, baby. And last but not least, my fourth favorite Janet Jackson song I was going to do top three but I had to go back and just I couldn't leave this one out also from the Control album can you guess what it is it came out in 86 
It's funny how time flies when you're having fun. It's the last song on the record, and Let's Wait a While is right before it. And those two songs, they're both slow songs, played back to back. I listen to, to this day, I love listening to those two songs played back to back, and I just feel a certain kind of way. I can't even explain it. I mean, when you play it back to back with Let's Wait a While, it just has, the, even or by itself, whatever you want to do, it's, um, it's amazing. I love this song. I agree with Chantal that Kendrick gets a slight edge over J. Cole. I mean, the thing that does it for me is that Kendrick's first two albums, Good Kid, Mad City, and The Damn Album, are two, I think, in the conversation, definitely for some of the best albums of this era, but I think they're going to go in the top 10 or 20 conversation as well, especially The Damn Album. I mean, the first his first album was was um, was so different, and no one else had a flow like that. He's from L.A., from Compton, but he could be from anywhere. His flow and his cadence, it's really, really universal. I double parked the Austin in the red. My mama told me that I'ma work myself to death. My girl told me don't let these hoes get in my head. My world been static. I checked the signal that red buzzing. So, uh, and, and, you know, the subject matter, the beats. I mean, Kendrick brought it on both albums and continues to bring it. But those two albums for me are at the top of the food chain of this generation and then should be, I think, in the conversation, especially the Damn album, which I believe Damn won the Pulitzer Prize, if I'm not mistaken. Th- that album, um, I listen to it on a regular basis. And when you listen to that th- that Damn album uh, as an album, just from start to finish, it really does tell a story and transport you. As my friend Dave Clooney would say, it's a press play album. So it's uh, it definitely gives him the edge over J. Cole. However, I really love J. Cole, and especially his use of soul samples. Now, everybody in hip-hop uses soul samples, but some people have just a way that in which they do it that is just an art. And uh, J. Cole's, you know, he doesn't maybe doesn't have albums that are as strong as those first two Kendrick albums, but he's definitely one of the greatest rappers of this generation by far. Now, for me, a song that I really want to put everybody on that people may not be on as much is from his 2014 album, uh, San Tropez is the name of the song from the Forest Hills album, which is in, came out in 2014. And that album has a wonderful sample from uh, Esther Phillips. The record is, came out in uh, 1971. I believe it was called From a Whisper to a Scream. Uh, and the song is called That's All Right With Me. So the song that's all right with me has been sampled by other mob deep i think sampled that song as well uh, but j cole sampled it in uh san tropez 
And the San Tropez song, if you haven't figured it out, I kind of like the smooth songs, the smooth sound, the laid back vibe, the, the, the head nod music. Um, I like it all, but I mean, I really kind of like that music. And that, I'm gonna play. So what I did actually, uh, I, I made a mix comparing uh, J. Cole and Kendrick. I'll put the SoundCloud, it's on SoundCloud. I'll put the link out on the social media and on the website, lawyershiphophappyhour.com for you all to, uh, to to download and to check out. Let me know what you think. Grown up and smoke my sense away. I like to go to Central Pay. Maybe I go, maybe I stay. Maybe I stay. She asked me if I'm scared to fly. To tell the truth, I'm terrified. I never been that high before. Every bad reason not to go. When I asked Chantal, Biggie or Pac, I knew she was going to say Biggie. That was pretty obvious. She's the most Biggie person I know. One of my first memories of her is her rocking a Biggie t-shirt with his picture from the Ready to Die album cover. So I knew she was going to say Biggie. But I wanted to talk about this larger debate in hip-hop of who you got, Biggie versus Pac. Now, I agree with Chantal. I'll take Biggie as well. And I'll steal from Shock G. I heard an interview one time when he talked about Biggie's voice being melodic, like a horn player over jazz. Think about B-I-G, P-O, P-P-A, no info for the D-E-A. I mean, that's pure melody. And Biggie rapped a lot like that on his records. I actually want to talk right now about some of the, my most favorite Pac songs. I remember bumping this song in college with my guy, my co-creator of actually this podcast. Shout out to Benjamin Simmons of Breathe Video. Me against the world. Lord knows. Lord knows we bumped this song many times. Now, People may remember the movie Above the Rim came out in the early 90s. The soundtrack was released in 1994. There was a song on the album called Pour Out a Little Liquor. It's definitely in my top three. My number three Pac song of all time is Straight Ballin'. It's from a compilation album that was released in 93, and it has an amazing sample from the Bootsy Collins record, What's a Telephone Bell? That record comes from the the album, The Name is Bootsy, and I think that album was released in 1977, I want to say. And Bootsy Collins, I'm a big fan of his. Shout out to Bootsy Collins. But Pac sampled that beat for the straight balling song in 93 so what i want to do right now is play both songs for you take a listen oh yeah i'm loaded with verbal rap ability baby you know you inspire me to poetry so listen while i recite naughty nothings that'll wet your eardrums Gangs with the souls, 
In spite of the fact that I love Pac so much, I'm still going to go with Biggie. Michael versus Prince. I mean, this has been a topic of discussion for years and will continue to be. It comes down to, well, again, there's no wrong answer. Chantal said Michael. I agree with Chantal in that it is Michael. However, as I said, Prince as an adult, I've gotten way more um, familiar with his music, even though I was at the time alive when he was making it, but I wasn't really listening to it that much, uh, other than the stuff that was you know more popular, the more popular songs. Uh, so Prince, as a musician, I think his can't Michael Jackson necessarily can't touch him on that, but as a performer and as an icon, I don't know that it gets any bigger than Michael Jackson, and. You know, just from an album's perspective, right? Looking at Michael Jackson and a lot of albums, people don't really realize how many albums he had. Even before, not even talking about the Jackson 5, I mean, the time when he was solo um, or with the Jacksons after they left Motown and um, had some albums, Michael Jackson's been doing music a long time and he managed to transition from a mega star as a child to the biggest star in the world as an adult. But you want to focus on, again, every artist has their prime, right? It could be one album. It could be five albums. And we talked about Janet Jackson, how, how she had like a basically a 20-year stretch. She had a longer stretch than her brother, to be honest with you. She had a longer stretch, which she made more albums, sold more records than her brother. But her brother remained the bigger star. There was no star bigger than Michael Jackson to this day. Not Elvis Presley, not anybody, not Beyonce, not Jay-Z. No one has come to the level of Michael Jackson, who, of course, again, did it pre-social media, pre-internet. But looking at the records, the records, right? Michael Jackson has the number one record of all time, Thriller. There's nobody that's been able to beat that yet. It is literally the number one album of all time. It came out in 1982, and there's nobody that's going to come close to that album. Okay, so Michael Jackson had a stretch of three albums, just three albums that solidified his place in history. Guess what they are? I already said one. The other one is course the bad album which came out right after that right after thriller well not right after it came out like 87 i want to say and so it's about a five-year break between those two albums but bad is again one of the biggest records of all time that was released after um thriller but really what for my for my money my probably my favorite michael jackson album is off the wall which came out in 79 so that was his first big breakout by himself I don't even want to say his first because he was already huge but it was off the wall thriller and bad that solidified his place as the in my opinion as the number one artist of all time across any genre it literally is not even a debate 
Now, Prince was very consistent in that he produced records from the 70s until really not too long before passing. I mean, he was making music the entire his entire life. Michael Jackson got to a point where he wasn't making as much music or you don't really remember what the music was, right? But Prince, you know, his most successful album, commercially successful album was probably Purple Rain. I don't know that for a fact, but I would assume that that that, you know, that's what it would be. And I am a big Purple Rain fan. I love that album. It's great. But Prince was more of an artist than Michael Jackson in the sense that he just did what he wanted to do, not necessarily what people wanted him to do. And for that reason, he's maybe not, some of his work is not as well known. And I had to go back and learn a lot of Prince stuff, especially from like the early days in the 70s. And the I think his first album came out in like 76, I want to say. Um, I was I was not listening to Prince in 76, but <laughs> I believe that's when the first album came out. But Michael Jackson, I was listening to him from the time I came out of the womb. I mean, and even the old stuff before I was born, Jackson 5, of course, there was a lot of uh, TV coverage and things like that that we saw. And Motown 25, I mean, who can forget that? And that's, you know, if you're from a certain generation, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say Motown 25, when that special came on television and Michael Jackson did the moonwalk for the first time, and you saw that on TV. He performed with his brothers, and then he performed by himself for the first time. It was was it the Billy? Was it Billy Jean? I want to say it was Billy Jean that he performed, and that took him to the stratosphere. He was already huge, but that that time period and into the late '80s, early '90s, Michael Jackson was unstoppable and was just a force to be reckoned with. I mean, he had the whole decade of the '80s. Let's be honest. Now, I want to share some of my favorite Michael Jackson songs that are maybe not as well known. Not Thriller, not Bad, not Beat It, not Billie Jean. Starting off with, from the Jackson 5, from the ABC album, which came out in around 1970, I think, the song 2468. Now, this is an awesome song. My kids love this song. Very up-tempo, great beat. It doesn't get as much love, I feel like, as some of the other songs from that same album. Like, obviously, ABC, that's a song everybody thinks about when they think Jackson 5. This is on the same album. It's a great song. The next Michael Jackson song that's maybe not as well known, and I, I must admit, I maybe about, hmm, I don't know how long it's been now, but it was it's been a maybe ten years or so ago. Is the first time I realized that Michael Jackson sang this song first. It's from a group in the 1990s that I listened to, uh, Troop. Which uh, those of you who are listening that are around my age will can understand. You listen to Troop guy kind of those groups from like the, the early 90s to mid 90s and troop had you know troop only had a couple of different a couple of hits one of those hits was all i do is think of you and i just knew that was their song that was a great song but later you know djing and stuff i found out michael jackson had that song first from the jackson from the jackson five the album is moving violation in 1975 the song all i do is think of you
Now, this next Michael Jackson track is from the 1975 Forever Michael album. Ghostface sampled this record, and it's a great song. And I think that's when I, as a matter of fact, I know that's when I really, I knew the voice and said, oh, I don't know that Michael Jackson song. So I went back and I researched and I found it on this album, and it's called We're Almost There. And this is a great song as well. Take a listen to it. last song that is not as well known from Michael Jackson is called Show You the Way to Go. It is from the 1975 The Jacksons album. It's kind of like that uh, that Philly sound that, that was in the 70s that uh, I think this was produced as not a Motown record. I think maybe this was the first one that wasn't produced by Motown. I'm not 100% sure about that. Take a listen to it and let me know if you like it. I'm sure you remember me asking Chantal if she preferred Tribe or Woo, and her answer was Woo. Now, for those who don't know, what I was referring to was Tribe Called Quest versus Wu-Tang Clan. There is no wrong answer. I struggle with this on a daily basis. These are my two favorite groups of all time in hip-hop. 1A, 1B, it goes back and forth all the time. I cannot choose. I cannot weigh in on this debate. I cannot give you a definitive answer. 1C is outcast. I think I might have said that on the interview as well. 1C is outcast. But 1A and 1B, Tribe Called Quest, Wu-Tang Clan, both were so important to my development in hip-hop, so important to the culture. I literally cannot choose. So what I'm going to do is just give you a couple of favorite Tribe and Wu songs to talk about because I can't I can do a whole show on Tribe versus Wu. And I actually have done two two plus hour mixes on SoundCloud of Tribe and Wu. I'll share the links on the social media and whatnot. But I'm telling you, man, this is a, the hardest of hard decisions. But I want to share with you some of. Just just two. There's going to be one song of each group, songs that I just really, really love. And they're not going to be well-known. Well, the Wu-Tang song is not well-known when the Tribe song is. I'm going to start off with the song Ten Bricks. It's from the Raekwon album, the solo album, only built for Cuban Lynx 2, which came out in 2009. Not to be confused with the 90s only built for Cuban Lynx album by Raekwon. This song contains a sample from the Smokey Robinson and the Miracles song, You've Got the Love I Need. Which was from the 1970 album, A Pocket Full of Miracles. I love this song. I love the guitar in this song. Take a listen. 
Son, but I'm the chef, my price is 26, son. Moving Papa left, 32 of those in Opa Locker. Those soldier got locked up, blow killed the doctor. Flamboyant police is X5s watching my loft. So many leeches, I just left it and walk. My flow wicked, Miami money moving men ridiculously. Geico on the arm, froze, rose, go with me. Now, the tribe song that I want to talk about is from the Low End Theory album. The Low End Theory album came out in 1991. The song is Check the Rhyme. Check the Rhyme is one of Tribe's more popular songs, so most people are going to know Check the Rhyme either if they listen to it or they just know it because they like the group. But what I want to focus on are the samples used in that song to show why I love Tribe so much. The first sample is from Minnie Ripperton from her album Adventures in Paradise, which came out in 1975. The record is called Baby, This Love I Have, and it's the intro and the hook is from this album. The hook and check the rhyme is from Baby This Love I Have, the beat. And it's a great song. I'm going to play this song for you in a second. But before I do, I want to talk about the, the drums in the song. The drums in the song were from the Grover Washington Jr. album, Hydra. H-Y-D-R-A is the name of the record. From the album Feels So Good, which also came out in 1975. Grover Washington Jr. is one of my favorite artists of all time. He was an amazing talent. He died way too young. Rest in peace to Grover Washington Jr. His signature song is Mr. Magic. Mr. Magic is a song that is extremely popular in New Orleans. So... Please listen to Mr. Magic. If you don't know who Grover Washington Jr. is, Google Mr. Magic, Grover Washington Jr., and you can hear this song. But the Hydra song was used as the drums for Check the Rhyme. And also, as a bonus track, I'm going to talk about How Many MCs, the record by Black Moon from the Into the Stage album, which came out in 1995. What I want to do right now is play all those songs for you. We're going to play Check the Rhyme. We're going to play Baby This Love I Have. We're going to play Hydra. We're going to play How Many MCs. You'll hear all these songs together, and you will hear how ingenious Tribe was for mixing those beats. Hip-hop is built from the soul of the previous generation, which would be, for me, my parents' generation from the 60s and 70s. That music is beyond compare. I'll say it now. I'll say it a million more times. You'll hear me say it all the time. The the music from those decades was the best music in American history, no matter the genre. Let's take a listen at all these tracks and let me know what you think. And I hope you love it as much as I do. Things I say and do may not come clear through. My words may not come. 
convey just what I'm feeling But I, I hope you recognize what's right before your eyes Oh, your heart should realize I'm way I'm dealing Baby, I'm trying to show you And it was I, the abstract And me, the five-footer I kicks the mad style So step off the frankfurter Yo, Fife, you remember that routine That we used to make spiffy like Mr. Clean Um, um, a tidbit Um, a smidgen I don't get the message So you got to <laughs> okay. run the pigeon You're on point, Fife All the time, Tip You're on point Thank you for tuning in to the Lawyers Hip Hop Happy Hour. Don't forget to like and subscribe to my YouTube channel at the Lawyers Hip Hop Happy Hour. I will catch you on the B-side. I'll see you next month.